Welcome to The Thing About Austin, a podcast about Jane Austen's world. I'm Zan. And I'm Diane. And this episode, we're talking about Wentworth's Umbrella. So I've been pumping myself up for this episode by listening to um, Umbrella by Rihanna on repeat for the past couple of days. I feel like it's like it's like the perfect hype music for this. And it is also, you know, energizing for, you know, it's, it's a valid research strategy. I feel like, you know, it, it, it's been working for me at least. Truly, all we want now is for that song to be on the soundtrack for one of the new Persuasion adaptations. <laughs> yes, please. I mean, it just makes sense at this point, right? Okay, so Wentworth's Umbrella. I mean, of course, we have to talk about this because one, we love Persuasion. But two, Wentworth happens to be Zan's personal fave of all the heroes. So He's the one who makes her heart go pitter-patter. So, <laughs> And I feel like I have to establish not every episode is going to be us. Like, let's talk about one of our haughty heroes. It's true. It's true. And like an object that correlates with them. It just happened to it's be. True. But I'm not mad about it either. We're not mad about it. <laughs> So today we're going to be drilling down into one of the climatic moments between Anne Elliot and Wentworth once he comes to Bath. Uh, so just to like set the scene for anybody, if it's like been a while since you've read Persuasion, Anne is now in Bath. She has since learned from Admiral Croft that Louisa is engaged to everybody's favorite emo boy, Captain Benwick. <laughs> She's like, okay, Wentworth is still on the market. Mm-hmm. The heart, it just, you can just imagine, it's just thumping so madly. <laughs> and the next time she is out and about... Who should she run into? You guessed it. Um, And also, you know, happens to be raining, which really adds to... It's a mood, right? It's an entire mood. There's a whole mood going on here. Yeah. So so, so this is, you know, she's seen Wentworth go past this window. She she knows he's kind of about to arrive. And then he walks into this shop and they see each other. And it's this very, like, awkward moment for a second. But then they start talking. And so the part that we're kind of fixating on today is the part where he... You know, he realizes that she is is going to be alone. Um, so he's like, "Oh, well, do you need help? How do you? How are you going to get home?" So then he basically has this moment, and I'm just going to read from the from the text because it's so good. After a moment's pause, he said, "Though I came only yesterday, I have equipped myself properly for Bath already." You see, pointing to a new umbrella. I wish you would make use of it if you're determined to walk. It's this moment where he is offering the umbrella because it's raining, it's bath. She's kind of, he not sh- he's not sure how she's going to get home. So he's, you know, offering his umbrella. So this is, this is where the Rihanna vibes really come from, right? You know, <laughs> so that's kind of the moment that we're, that we're really fixating on for today. Before we kind of dig in a little bit more to how it really fits within the story and this moment between the two of them. Let's take everybody back in time a little bit. I'm going to do a little bit of umbrella history. I know everyone's excited. This is what you're here for, right? Is is the, is the history. <laughs> so we know umbrellas have been around for basically forever. And they were originally kind of meant to be something that protected people from the sun. Even the name umbrella is actually etymologically coming from the idea of ombre, which is shade. So it's providing shade. It's It's this idea of kind of marking a form of privilege as well. You know, people that were shaded by umbrellas were usually having other people carry the umbrellas for them. You know, that's this is where we get that kind of motif of someone walking beside someone important holding their umbrella. And so it's kind of more in sunny places. Obviously, England is not one of those. <laughs> Until we get closer to the 16th and 17th century, that's when we start to see the umbrellas kind of coming a little bit more mainstream on the continent. By the 17th century, the umbrellas are kind of really becoming vogue in France. Always on the cutting edge of fashion. Yes, the French are very good at fashion. 
And at the same time, whenever they have something really cool and awesome, the English are like, oh, that is amazing and I want it. But it's also French. Like that's kind of that's <laughs> kind of the way that Britain re- reacts to French things. And it totally depends on like where we are at in the timeline in terms of is England at war yes. with France? Like, you know, like what exactly yes. is going on? Are we allowed to embrace the fashion or do we have to completely reject yes, it? Yes, exactly. And it's a very, you know, 17th and 18th century is is kind of very tumultuous. So it is an on again, off again, you know, can we be French thing. So so by the end of the 1700s, we're starting to see this not only just kind of be mainstream, but it's also starting to become something that the British are kind of like, ah, okay, okay, we can kind of get into this maybe a little bit. <laughs> But it's kind of interesting to see the way that the way that this kind of matriculates into the culture in England, particularly. So early umbrellas were made of oiled silk and usually had like really heavy frames. So sometimes that was whalebone in kind of the earliest days, but also it became things like steel and wood. There's a difference between an umbrella and a parasol, which is, you know, we could do an episode on parasols if we wanted to, but the big distinction between these being the parasol is is usually light, airy. It's again, it's the shade thing. But so so umbrellas around the, around the 17, 1700s is also kind of considered more of a feminine object. It's like oh these these things are meant to protect women's garments basically. You know the umbrellas are kind of they're, they're kind of a gendered thing. Not only are they French, which is immediately effeminate apparently to the to the English. But it's also, you know, considered something that only people who are like super dandies are going to care about how their dress is affected by sun or rain. It seems like it'd be like the most obvious thing to have like everybody in England being like, oh, umbrellas, I'm down because it's rainy all the time. <laughs> but it wasn't. It was kind of it was kind of this like very, very gendered thing. We are going to start to have this shift, right? As with so many trends and fashions in the English attitude towards umbrellas from thinking of them as that strange thing they do on the continent, like, oh, so French, to a novelty item when it first arrives in London in the 1750s, to pretty much universal acceptance by the time that Austen is writing, they would be pretty ubiquitous at this point. Like, obviously, they pop up several times in her novels. But what's so funny to me is that when it first shows up mid-18th century, using an umbrella against the rain is kind of seen as a negative sign that walking in the rain is your only option. And that's a sentiment that's going to continue, at least amongst the best snobs, even once umbrellas are starting to spread in popularity. It just makes me think about Emma, like how she's so annoyed that Knightley won't take his carriage all the time. She's like, oh, you're a gentleman. Why don't you use your carriage? Yes. I can just imagine that she would not approve of him slogging through the streets in the rain with his umbrella. <laughs> She'd be horrified. Like, it's fine to use an umbrella to protect a lady and her skirts from the elements when she's getting out of a carriage or whatever, but we don't actually walk with these things when it's raining to an event? <laughs> Never. So umbrellas might still be carrying some of those earlier negative connotations, depending on the audience. For example, the famed Beau Brummel, the authority on men's fashion in his time, he had feelings about umbrellas not being something a gentleman should actually use as rain protection. And the reason being that it made you kind of low class or something, yeah. he basically felt like if you were going to go out and there was the slightest risk of rain, you should be taking a sedan chair. <laughs> you know, you should be in a carriage or something. You know, you should be in some kind of covered conveyance. Like, you're not going to carry your own umbrella, please. <laughs> uh, it's, it's so plebeian. So, you know, while they did kind of catch on slowly and there certainly were sort of arbiters of fashion who had thoughts about them, by the time, you know, Austin was writing, they had mostly caught on yeah. um, and were fairly mainstream. And that's one of the things that Hilary Davidson, who's author of Dress in the Age of Jane Austen, which 
strongly recommend that book. She knows that by the time Austin's books were published, you know, umbrellas were not seen as a, what is that (laughs) sort of thing. But I think it's important to, to note too, like we have this tendency when I think from a modern context, when we think about history, we want these like really clear cutoff dates and we want everything to be like, oh, like 100% of people were not into this thing. And then all of a sudden they were into this thing or whatever. (laughs) And of course, it doesn't work that way. So it is like when you're doing this kind of research, you are going to find a little bit of like tension in terms of like, oh, some people really loved this, whatever this fashion was. And some people um, really hated it. And because that's true now. I mean, like how many think pieces have been written in the last year on whether or not we should still be wearing skinny jeans and where we should be partying our hair, you know? So, and I wonder like how much at the time that had to do with what class you were in, what age you were, like, you know, did older people spurn them more than younger people who were like, oh, this cool fashion accessory, like, you know. Well, and and you're talking about like, it's like, Ooh, a cool fashion accessory. And this leads me onto a totally like little tangent here, but it's so fun because in 1778, in French fashion, there was actually this thing called lightning rod fashion. And it was like, you you would actually get an umbrella that has like a lightning rod to it. And then um, off of the, like the spines of the, of the umbrella, like you'd have a chain that could go down to the ground. And so like, you could walk around having your own lightning rod in the middle of a <laughs> This seems so ill-advised, just on so many levels. This is just a bad, don't do this, kids. Don't, don't do this, okay? If you're listening at home, no. Bad idea. This is not your next craft project. Don't do it. I didn't find anybody that had actually, like, hmm, lightning struck, and I was fine. You know, I don't have a record of that going one way or the other, but um, but it existed. You know, fads of fashion are still a thing. Right. You know, when Bo Rummel says, oh, the umbrella, it's a novelty. If he's talking about lightning rod fashion, he's not wrong. <laughs> He did have some points, you know? <laughs> but when we bring it back to persuasion, I think I think it's kind of fun to kind of talk about the way that the umbrella shows up, not just in this very specific scene with uh, Wentworth and Anne, but I mean, the Crofts actually have some feelings about umbrellas too, don't they? So we see like when poor Anne goes back to Kellynch and it's like, awkward, this, this is my house, hello. <laughs> the Admiral, who's just, you know, like an A-plus tip-top kind of chap. <laughs> He's like basically encouraging her, oh, this must be kind of weird for you. Like you used to live here. I bet you'd like to be able to come back whenever you want. And that's totally fine with us. Like I'm cool with it. Um, so he says, you can slip in from the shrubbery at any time. And there you will find we keep our umbrellas hanging by that door. A good place is not it, but checking himself, you will not think it a good place for yours were always kept in the butler's room. I, so it must always be, I believe one man's ways may be as good as another's, but we all like our own best. I just love that. He's kind of like, you're welcome anytime. Our house is your house. It also is your house. (laughs) Come whenever you'd like. But there's also like that moment where he's kind of, oh, we keep our umbrellas in a different spot. And I think it's better. But also like, I don't want to disparage where you kept your umbrellas. I mean, and that is is a very weird moment to step into. Like, oh, look, we've rearranged things. Our way works better. I think one of the ways that you can read this scene, and it's definitely something that, you know, other people have commented on before. Part of what you're seeing here is that when Sir Walter was in charge of the household, the umbrellas had to be kept in the butler's pantry. So it's like, if you need an umbrella, you have to request it from a servant and they're going to bring it to you. Whereas, you know, the crofts are just like, we just keep them by the door, like next to our boots and stuff. (laughs) So we can just get it ourselves. So it's just like this much more casual way of engaging with this accessory. You can tell for them, it is, we use them. Like when when it's raining and we need an umbrella, we use our umbrella. Whereas Sir Walter's probably like, oh, it feels like a drizzle out, you know, like some fetch me on the umbrella. That you will like, carry for me. You know, I'm not going to carry the umbrella. Exactly. So this is, I mean, it's also like you what you mentioned earlier. This is very much so a class thing that we're seeing on display too, you know, with Sir Walter and his snobbery and, you know, hide the umbrellas. It's too, you know, 
plebeian, it's too functional, we can't have that. Uh, Whereas the Crofts are like, even though we have all the money and you don't, we're all about practical things. Um, And so it is a little bit of a class thing, the way that they use their umbrellas. I think it's kind of also indicative of kind of this mobility that they have because they aren't kind of stuck by having to wait for the servant. They right. have mobility. And, and we see the Crofts on the move all the time. That's their MO. They're truly living their best life. <laughs> true. And they don't really care what you think about it. We will keep our umbrellas by the door. It's practical. It's functional. And, you know, you can just imagine, too, like the difference in, in the way the house must feel. Like, Crofts, again, like you said, they're the ones who have all the money. But you're going to have that feeling of like, come in, come in, come in. You're going to go over there. You know, they're going to sit on sit on whatever couch you want to kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Just like just like a much more homey yeah. feel. Yeah. So so we definitely see that the umbrella is, is a very functional tool for the Crofts. Um, and so when we get to Bath, you know, Bath is this place where we have a mix of like all sorts of different types of people because it's kind of this gathering place. It's a watering hole. So it's wonderful to kind of look at this about when Wentworth says, I've come to Bath, I'm already equipped. I think this is where we get into kind of the fun where all of the information that we have now kind of comes together. So when he comes prepared for Bath with an umbrella, it seems that's kind of a normal thing, right? He he's implying, yeah, everybody in Bath has has an umbrella. But I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. So this is, you know, Zan's going to lay out her theory here. So be ready. Crack your knuckles. We're getting ready. Deep breath. Here we go. So remember that Captain Wentworth is a naval captain. And so rain and water in general is not going to be a huge problem for him. Yeah, he doesn't seem like the type of guy who would be fussed by a little bit of rain on Exactly, right. So a little drizzle is not going to be bothering him. And that is the kind of rain that we're talking about in this scene. Um, It's not like a torrential downpour. And so he's a naval captain. The rain's not a big deal for him. He is, you know, this is Zan's opinion, but he's extremely masculine. <laughs> and we're not going to debate this point. Like I, that, it is what it is. Those are facts, people. This is, <laughs> this is just not something we're going to move on. So his masculinity is not in question here, but he is carrying an object that at least around this time, there are still a little bit of these kind of ideas about, is this a gendered object to be carrying an umbrella? I mean, so really, he's like fighting toxic masculinity by being willing to carry an umbrella. Yes, I approve this message. What a guy. (laughs) Exactly. He's also demonstrated earlier in the novel that he's, you know, he's invested in taking care of Anne, even if he wasn't interested in her romantically again. There's a part earlier in the book where he, you know, they've gone for a long walk and he makes sure that Anne gets a ride back because he's invested in her safety and protecting her again because he's just swoony. (laughs) So then we go come back to the shop to the very specific moment where he's like, I have an umbrella. I'm prepared for bath. You know, bath is a rainy place. He's got it. He's ready to go. And then he immediately offers it to her. It's like, are you prepared for bath, Captain Wentworth? Or are you prepared for Anne? Exactly. You know? And it's like, this is a brand new <laughs> umbrella that he's purchased as well, right? Like he just purchased this thing. And when he specifically also offers it to Anne in this moment, this is the part where, are you ready? Here's the drum drum roll. Since the umbrellas were actually kind of considered feminine objects, um, the fact that he's carrying one, the fact that he's eager to give it to Anne and point out to her, I'm ready for bath. My thing is, I'm pretty sure this is an indication that he is here to pursue their relationship. He's here to take care of Anne. This is so romantic. (laughs) I mean, you don't, you don't need to, you don't need, it's just, it's, it's so, so many feelings. You can tell that this is a really romantic moment without the umbrella, without knowing this about the umbrella. Like, you can still tell that this is romantic. But now that you do know this about the umbrella, this is extra. This is, this is the good stuff. 
And the tension that we already have in this scene, I mean, it's so cute because basically her sister and Mrs. Clay have gone off with Lady Dalrymple and her carriage. And so she's kind of like been left behind. She's waiting for Mr. Elliot. You know, there's obviously some machinations already at play there. You know, you can just kind of imagine Anne already feeling like a little bit flustered or whatnot. And then who does she see? She looks out the window and she sees him walking up the street. And (laughs) what I love about this moment this this feels like like such like a like a Catherine Morland thing to do is it, she's so cute she kind of does that thing where she's like oh I think I'm gonna like go see if it's raining I'm gonna go check on something why was she to suspect herself of another motive it's like she's lying to herself mm-hmm. a little bit I, I'm just gonna like go see if it's still raining oh didn't mean to run into you, <laughs> you know, it's just like everything about it is just so adorable this is totally a meat cute exactly and then of course when he comes in he is also totally flustered by yeah. her and as we find out later, he that is why he is a bath, is for her. We have this great line. He was more obviously struck and confused by the sight of her than she had ever observed it before. He looked quite red. Like yeah. he's blushing. He's blushing because he'd probably been thinking about her, yeah. you know, like just walking down the street. Oh, I wonder when I'm going to see her. You know, this is why I'm here. And just that moment of the, the two of them. It's oh, just it's so cute. Like, it's so cute. I mean, it's like on its own, it stands as just this beautiful moment. And then and then the fact that there is this extra context on the umbrella, that this is like, I really like you. You can have my umbrella. <laughs> it's so cute. Well, and even more so than that, he even tells her, he was like, I think it would be more prudent to let me get you a chair. He's very solicitous. He's like, I want to take care of you. Since you are just determined to walk, I, I have something for you. <laughs> Would you like this umbrella? <laughs> and just the way he says it, you know, I wish you would make use mm-hmm. of it. And it's so funny, um, in the in the Kieran Hines and Amanda Root film adaptation, it's also this really cute moment where she like she's looking up at him and she's she's so adorable and she takes the the umbrella from him and she's actually holding it. And it's this just like cute moment of like he's like, I've done it, she's got my umbrella. And then obviously Mr. Elliot comes in and ruins everything and she has to like give the umbrella back. I uh, love it. It's almost like when she leaves him there. So essentially what happens is he presses the umbrella on her and she's like, no, 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 no. And then, of course, Mr. Elliot comes back and the two of them walk off together, her arm under his. And so this umbrella is like the manifestation of I've come to Bath to take care of you. And then she walks off with this other guy and he's just left there holding this umbrella, (laughs) i.e. holding all of his hopes and dreams. dreams. (laughs) And while he's just standing there, the ladies in that party of ladies and gentlemen that he has been out with, they basically start talking about Anne and Mr. Elliot. And you could just imagine him like sadly standing, like wah wah. He's like there with his umbrella. <laughs> it's so raining. Sad. He's probably like holding an umbrella and not even using it. You can just like imagine like rain <laughs> dripping down his face. And they're just, oh, Mr. Elliot does not dislike his cousin, I fancy, you know. Oh, no, that is clear enough. Like, they're totally gossiping about how these two are definitely going to be a match. You know, that that Anne and Mr. Elliot are like a for sure thing. And then just salt in the wound, salt in the wound. (laughs) Poor Wentworth probably just standing there inwardly sobbing. And then she's pretty, I think, Anne Elliot. Very pretty when one comes to look at her. It is not the fashion to say so, but I confess I admire her more than her sister. And he's over there like, oh, no. Oh, gosh, it's so good. I love that Austin gives us that extra little scene of him just, like, pining and quiet. <laughs> it's so good. And and especially that kind of mirror image of earlier when she has repeated back to her his very unflattering yeah. comment, you know, right after they had first seen each other about how she's, like, so altered. And then him later on having to stand there and listen to these other women talk about how she's really pretty and, oh, she's probably going to make a match with this like really eligible guy and he's just he's just like hugging his umbrella 
walking quietly with this <laughs> yeah exactly like you said it's like it's so symbolic of the way that he wants to take care of her and i think also in the way that he has always been one of the characters who really sees her and can intuit when she's in distress like you said in that moment when they're out for a walk and he's just up yeah. and go you need a ride home and you're kind of seeing that again well and i think too that this the whole after Wentworth comes back to Bath, I mean, that's the whole rest of the novel, essentially. You know, it's just this, like, yeah. mounting tension between these two. But, like, the fact that the very first encounter with the two of them in Bath is this one with the umbrella, where it's, like, we all know why he's in Bath. Like, all of us know this. But the fact that he's, you know, that first encounter with that, I'm, I'm here to take care of you, and that that the near misses and the little miscommunications are delightful, but we always know that the umbrella is going to kind of metaphorically always be in Wentworth's hands, like that he's that he's going to always take care of her. And I know that that's sentimental, a little bit cheesy, but I don't care. I love it. That's a story that's and we're right, to that's it. Right. <laughs> so where else in Austin's other works are we seeing umbrellas pop so, up? So they actually pop up quite a bit in terms of like in, in, in interesting moments. They're not just kind of like one-off setting pieces. So another instance is in Northanger Abbey, which is also when Catherine is in Bath. So, you know, Bath and rain and umbrellas seem to kind of go together. <laughs> and she is waiting to see if she can go on the walk with the Tilneys. But it's raining. And so she doesn't know if it's going to clear up in time for them to go for a walk. And so she's like kind of like hovering around the window. Like, is it raining? Is it going to lighten up? Is it going to lighten up? And then she's like, oh, I'm seeing umbrellas. And it really bothers her. She's like, oh, I hate the sight of umbrellas because it's meaning that her walk. Each one of those umbrellas is like a personal affront. <laughs> it's so good. I just I just love that she is really like ticked off at umbrellas at this point. She's so mad about it. For her, it's like representative of this opportunity to see yes. Henry that, you know, is now not going to happen <laughs> in a delay. And even kind of doing that thing where she's like, oh, I would much rather take a chair That's at any right, time. You exactly. know, like, who, who, who likes an umbrella? What, like, come on. Oh, they're just, they're against her. And she's, she's, she's got some feelings. Yeah. She's really taking it personally. <laughs> so there's a couple other places that the umbrellas crop up as well. So um, in Mansfield Park, there is a moment when Fanny is caught out in the rain. She's kind of by the vicarage where Dr. Grant is and Mary Crawford is there. They're trying to be like, come on in, come on in. And she's like, I don't want to. Because, you know, Mary is kind of her nemesis. But at one point, Dr. Grant, he comes out and he's he's got the umbrella specifically to kind of bring her back into the house. And so she has to go in there. So this is actually one of those scenes that is also depicted by the illustrator Brock. He, he does the one of... Wentworth and Anne in Bath. He does this scene in Mansfield Park. And he does one other illustration, and it's from Emma that also has an umbrella. And um, the one that he illustrates is when Miss Taylor is caught in the rain, and Mr. Weston goes out and gets an umbrella from the nearby farmer. Um, he grabs two umbrellas for the ladies, and he comes back out with them. And that's apparently when Emma has like this moment of like, cha-ching, these two should be a couple. I definitely love how they are used in Emma, because... It is like a courtship device yeah. in there, you know, it's drizzling and Mr. Weston runs and borrows two umbrellas and Emma just being like, I made up my mind on the subject. I planned the match from that hour. And it's and it's so funny, too, because she she remembers the very moment and it is the umbrellas that help her remember, like, that's when I knew they were going to be a couple. And so it is a really co a, a moment of courtship. And for for Emma, it's significant. It's also classic Emma because theoretically he could have been getting an umbrella. I mean, he got umbrellas right? for both of them. It's not like he was like, I have an umbrella for you, Miss Taylor. Oh, sorry, Emma. 
Oh, but yeah, that's, you know, she has, you know, she has her own worldviews on things. Um, and so this was the umbrellas. They were the thing that tipped her off that Mr. Weston and Miss Taylor were supposed to be together. And then, of course, like one of the things I love about Emma is the way that there are all these relationships going on, but it's also kind of like a little bit of a mystery novel. Yeah. You know, there's like yeah. little things that you don't really pick up on until after you've read it. And then once you know how it ends, you're kind of like, oh, <laughs> like it all starts coming. It's like a you, you have like a memento moment yes. and it all starts like clicking yes. into place. <laughs> but the other umbrella moment in Emma, which is classic because it's courtship, but it's like yes. subterfuge. You know, it's like umbrella as cover. <laughs> You know, we have this moment, they're at the ball, and the carriage has been sent for Miss Bates and Jane Fairfax, and the carriage arrives, and Frank, who, of course, as we find out later, has been secretly engaged to Jane Fairfax this whole time, um, is just like, oh, I will see that there are umbrellas, sir, said Frank to his father. Miss Bates must not be forgotten. And, of course, you know, it's like, oh, what a man, like, with a heart for spinsters. And it's really, he's just like, oh, this is my opportunity to briefly hold Jane's hand as I help her out of the carriage and, like, hold the umbrella over her. So it is totally this moment moment of it's this courtship moment it is using going to use the umbrella to protect her and cover her from the elements also to cover up the fact that like he needs an excuse to see her and talk to her briefly you know there's just like a lot going yeah, on there absolutely and i love that the umbrellas in both instances in emma like we, we get that clue early on that umbrellas are significant with um miss taylor and mr weston you know emma's told us umbrellas are important um you know and then and at the ball she misinterprets this again. It's just, like you said, he's just got a heart of gold when it's really umbrellas are romantic kind of thing. It is so funny because it doesn't even occur to Emma, even though she herself read so much into the getting of umbrellas for herself and Miss Taylor as like, oh, he's got intentions. Yeah. But it would never even occur to her because she just, in her imagination, the idea that anybody would want to be with Jane Fairfax <laughs> is just like, What? <laughs> Her? Oh, geez, <laughs> Emma is always entertaining. <laughs> so there's a lot of romance and intrigue going on in this whole situation with the umbrellas and, and Emma, which, speaking of... Our next episode, we're actually going to be looking at Emma particularly, and specifically the scene where Emma and her crew are all indoors playing kind of like Regency Scrabble. Until then, you can find us on Instagram at the thing about Austin and on Twitter at Austin underscore things and email us at the thing about Austin at gmail.com. And as always, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit that five stars button. We really appreciate it. Bye. Bye-bye.